0: they asked like
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back.
0: Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com/justbreakup. That's p r o s e.com/justbreakup for your free consultation and and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Breakup, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like why we care about what other people think about our relationship and why we don't mm. need to. <laughs> why the dreaded body count keeps us up at night, and how to honor your own thoughts, and why that's different than being a know it all. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Y'all keep writing in and telling us you're, we're your therapist, and we're like, we are not your therapist, to be clear. We definitely not. <laughs> We are just two people yeah. who decided to make a podcast together and who uh, have ourselves been in therapy and just regurgitate what we hear from our therapist without yeah. actually internalizing it in any meaningful way.
0: Yep. Oh, my God. Drag me to hell and back in the first 90 seconds of our show. <laughs> All right, friends. That, that was it. That's the episode.
1: <laughs> See you next Monday.
0: <laughs> this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our ever humber, humber, oh, speech impediment.
1: <laughs> Comes out sometimes. Our
0: ever <laughs> humble opinions, musings, mm-hmm. to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing that experience that is love. What a chaotic fucking intro. <laughs> if this is your first episode, maybe...
1: Go back Please to the the, the one the, previous and yeah, then yeah. come back yep, to this one. It was really
0: good. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> this week's check and topic: We're going to do another edition of rating the relationship advice memes that Sierra finds on Instagram, and this <laughs> I love time that. we are doing it all from one account. Uh, I feel like almost like a little bad for like shouting them <laughs> out, but like. It's like free publicity for them. It's I period perfect woman
1: quotes is their handle. I period perfect woman quotes. I love that. That makes yeah, a lot of sense like to I, me. Definitely, almost,
0: I I would read it like I comma perfect woman, and then like a quote. <laughs> okay.
1: This is definitely not a bot. Definitely Here's not the, a bot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, here we go. The first uh, meme that we're gonna rate. It says he kisses you on the head after sex. That kiss is purely for you. He gets nothing out of it. (laughs) He knows it's not going to turn you on and it gives him no real quote pleasure. That is a kiss that comes from nothing but sweetness and care. (laughs) You know what that reminds you know what this reminds me of is
1: that I think this one broke me lately.
0: <laughs> lately, on our Instagram, we've been getting like bot comments about like we, sorcerers that can pass like love spells. You know, it's like oh my god, have you seen? Oh my god,
1: no, I have not. I I love this though. Well,
0: you don't have an Instagram, so you're missing it. But it'll be like it'll be like some random like middle aged white woman commenting and it'll be like if you're experiencing trouble or diver- divorce, I want to introduce you to the amazing something something sorcerer who casts amazing love spell.
1: Yes, <laughs> and, I'm on board. And,
0: and it's just like this bot that like posts these from all different bar accounts on our page like these love spells and so a couple of times i've commented on our page being like we would like to interview this <laughs> love sorcerer i would
1: love to interview that love sorcerer that is a head and heart work conversation i want to have
0: okay anyway back to this meme that broke your head <laughs> what do you think
1: um so there's a number of things that i think are uh wrong with this meme um First of all, this it reinforces this idea that men are only seeking sexual pleasure all the time. Like he gets nothing right. out of this as if like tenderness and affection <laughs> are like not anything that men need. Um, yeah.
0: And he gets no real pleasure. And there are quotes around the word pleasure.
1: <laughs> oh. We're a euphemism yeah, for um, I don't know, sexual release, yeah. I guess. Um Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It our forehead sex or forehead. <laughs> Are forehead (laughs) kisses after sex really that transformative for women
0: (laughs) I'm laughing at everything right now (laughs) yes they are okay great it's like literally but what this post doesn't know is that that's some like inner eye foreplay you know so
1: (laughs) after play for sure
0: yeah totally okay uh, so rate that how about that
1: zero (laughs) There was, there was nothing Zero. of Excellent. quality in that.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. This page is awful. And we're talking <laughs> at, least, at least it's only 790 likes on this next one. But they have 44,000 followers. Uh, all right. Here we go. That's wild. When a boy truly loves you, it's one of the slide ones. He share every small details of his life with you. He trusts you more than anyone else. He look after your happiness more than his own. He respect your dreams and motivates you to chase them. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's fine.
0: Okay. Mm, But like he shares every detail of his life with you. Toxic. (laughs) He trusts you more than anyone else. Not necessarily true. Like I probably, I trust my wife a ton. No, But I also like trust you and Spencer probably like an equal amount. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh okay, that's just a basic, a basic two for me. Yeah,
1: that was nothing there was to, nothing. To, there was some good stuff in there, but
0: okay. The next one is a little, little play. You know, a little reverse action here. the The first slide just says, "Don't break up."
1: Oh, <laughs> rude!
0: I know. You should sue next them for slide. copyright Fix infringement. The problem. <laughs> yeah. Start the romance again, go on dates again, work on winning each other over again. This is why there are so many failed relationships. If you love each other and are best friends, then breaking up is not the answer. I feel like that is the
1: antithesis of our show, really. Listen, I, if you are in a relationship that could benefit from rekindling things and going on more dates with each other and having more conversations about stuff. Like I am all for that. If that's like what you want to do. Great. Yeah. And also your best friend can also be a dick. <laughs> like you're
0: like, yeah.
1: You know, like it's, that's like that one size fits all solution, which is funny. Cause the name of our podcast is just break up, but that one size fits all solution is like, not <laughs> especially uh. given so many folks that write into our podcast who are like I don't know. He sometimes calls me a fucking idiot and like berates me in front of his friends. But I think that I should just try harder. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is not you don't need to go on more dates with this man. You need to like end this relationship and know that you're it's unacceptable for somebody to call you a fucking idiot. I'm referring specifically to a reality television show that Peter and I watched, which will go unnamed. (laughs)
0: Oh, oh, okay. Well, this will
1: be a this will be a secret inside joke with the folks it? that that also watch this very good dumb show that should not be on the air anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of that, in the just break up Facebook group, pe- there are people talking about the Bachelorette. I don't know if you want to jump in on that Ugh. conversation.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I d- Sam is my gateway to the Bachelorette na- nation. It's a country.
1: Bachelor oh, is. nation um, is what it's called. Yep. Okay. Um, this season has been so horrible, not because of the, the two bachelorettes, but because those bachelorettes have been treated so poorly by the mm. production and by the men that they are dating.
0: <laughs> Fascinating. Seems like that is a reoccurring story of that
1: <laughs> from the All franchise. Right. One yes, more absolutely. Meme
0: from this same account. A woman is at her worst, When she gives everything to the wrong one. A man is at his worst when he gives nothing to the right one.
1: (laughs) It's just like gender essentialism thing that's happening here. It's just like, yeah. uh, Some people are at their worst for sure when they're giving themselves to someone who isn't worth it. And some people are at their worst when they're not giving things to people who deserve it. Absolutely. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, but the last thing I, I I lied, the last thing I am gonna read is the fucking comment from the sorcerer. <laughs> Hello, I want to, this is on our most recent post about our live show. I want to testify of a great and powerful spellcaster. My wife left me and the kids for two weeks when I called him he didn't pick up. And when she came back home the third week, she told me she wanted to diver- divorce. I was so sad. No punctuation. I cried all night. She left again. I was so lonely the next day. I was searching for something online when I found spellcaster called Dr. Egman spell home white magic spell who have helped so many people with, <laughs> sorry, there's some of mess up with that. Uh, uh, he's helped so many people with their problems. So I contacted him and, and within 24 hours, my wife will come back to me. Uh, and my wife did come back kneeling and begging. He canceled the divorce and we're happy together now.
1: Oh, great. What a success story.
0: Yeah. Happy for them. Uh,
1: um, how, so do we, you, how do we contact actually, the com- this sorcerer?
0: The comment goes on to say that if you need his assistance, this um, powerful spellcaster can help you with love spells, long uh, lost love spells, divorce spells, marriage spells, binding spells, breakup spells, banish to past lover spells, protection spells, court case spells, and money spells. Cool. This episode is brought to you by <laughs> Spellcaster. <laughs>
1: Yeah. How do we find the spellcaster? Do we link to like? Yeah.
0: Literally I said, are you open for an interview and nobody got back to me So <laughs> All right, Do you want to get into this week's letters?
1: Let's do it.
0: Our first letter comes to us from Two Chill, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Thank you so much for being cheap therapy for me and helping me grow as an individual. I have been able to take advice from others' letters until now. I am a 23-year-old lesbian who has been single for a year due to wanting to work on building my confidence within my sexuality. But then I met my current girlfriend, she, her, lesbian of four months at Pride. Typical. It has been... The The most cared for I've ever felt in a relationship, and she is absolutely a dream come true. We go on the cutest dates and spend as much time as possible together that is healthy. Here comes the slight ringing in my brain that says something is wrong. My girlfriend is gorgeous and repeatedly gets hit on by mostly men, but also women, literally every time she goes out. At first, I was unbothered by this since, honestly, I don't blame them. She's amazing inside and out. When I noticed it started to bother me, I figured it was a personal thing that I needed to suck up and work on since I know I trust her. But one night, she got a hit on five times when it was obvious that she and I are a couple. Every time she gets hit on, she lets me know and then usually tells me that I don't need to worry and she wants to be with me, which I know, but she doesn't necessarily deter them from hitting on her. I know it is partially because she is so nice and tells me she feels bad rejecting someone. I understand this because previously I also felt that way. I appreciate her always being honest when she's getting hit on, but it just sucks to hear it sometimes. She is a social butterfly of the two of us, and she is usually the one talking to people first, which usually entails one of them hearing that we are dating and coming up to me and saying, you are so lucky, don't lose her. This has happened over and over." I agree with them 100%. I am lucky and I don't want to lose her, but it makes me feel unworthy of dating her. Internally, I also know that she is lucky to date me as well, but it is still hard to always hear from random people who don't really know our relationship. She mentioned to me the other day why it doesn't affect me when she gets hit on. I told her it does and that I get annoyed or slightly jealous even, but I told her that I trust her. She then proceeds to tell me that if I acted like I cared more, then she would feel better about rejecting people who hit on her. I feel like I do not know how to express me not wanting someone to hit on her. I'm a very laid back person and not one to jump to extreme jealousy, but it does bother me. How do I navigate the situation in a way that meets both of our needs? Thank you so much for writing to chill and for trusting us with this question. Um, just a quick sidebar with me and my partner here. Um, is that what they call lawyers? Like when <laughs> you're yeah. my legal team or
1: who I knows? Think a sidebar is like when you approach the bench,
0: maybe. Yeah. I'd like to approach Sam's bench. Ooh, um, Okay. <laughs> Samuel, do you get jealous when other people hit on your husband?
1: No. (laughs) I just get excited. We've talked about this on the show before.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You're like, (gasps) oh. Yeah, no, I'm like, it's so hot.
1: It's great when he gets hit on uh, because I love him and I think that he's a great catch and that he's uh, very attractive and wonderful. And I love it when other people see it. Like, it makes me excited to see him get attention um, and that. Like people want to talk to him, and, and did you always get with feel him. that way? Um, I have always felt that way in this relationship because yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a secure relationship for me. Like previous relationships, I did not. Uh, but that's because there were like underlying issues that were exacerbated by the flirting,
0: <laughs> by yeah, the yeah, getting yeah. in on.
1: Um, so.
0: Does Peter do anything or in past relationships do your partner, do anything to make you feel more secure? Like in his direct response to the flirty?
1: Uh, no, I mean, Peter always comes back to me, which is like, that's the thing that I know will always happen. But like, I really don't mind if they strike up a conversation or if they're like that, like, it just doesn't bother me. I think it's part of it is because yeah. like, as a, as a gay person, um, masculine presenting, right. I spend a lot of time in gay bars, right. Where like flirting is like the norm, right. Like it's like, people are coming up to people all the time and like flirting, flirting, flirting. So to me, it's not necessarily like a, even like a, I'm necessarily super interested or serious about pursuing this person. It's more like, that's just how people communicate with each other. Right. Like that's is that you flirt with people and then see sort of where the conversation goes. Um, and so I appreciate it when Peter gets flirted with, cause I feel like he deserves it. Cause he's, he's so good looking and great and wonderful. And, and it excites me that he gets to also participate in the experience of being out at places and having people mm-hmm. come up to you. That. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's an experience that I really like. Right. Like I said, I love meeting new people. We talked about this on the 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 Zoom or the the Patreon office hours, which is now what we're calling them. Uh, So
0: when people, (laughs) that that sounds like very healthy.
1: (laughs) No, but what I was saying, what I was saying on that Patreon office hours was that I love meeting people. Like I love first dates. I love like the experience of like insane, just like having that sort of like immediate connection with someone. And so I just. All this to say, it gets me excited when Peter is having something that I like so much and I get to see him like enjoy the experience of that type of interaction.
0: If I saw someone hitting on my wife, um, Would I you think barf I...
1: <laughs> <laughs> immediately,
0: no, you know what? Like I could make a hundred jokes about like lighting somebody's car on fire or, yep, mm-hmm. you know, like Please shooting do daggers that. with my eyeballs, no daggers, but to be honest, I have to admit that what I do the most is just be really confident. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. "Hi, what's your name?" Um, me and this is my wife. You
1: know, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that the best thing to like dispel like weirdness about that is just to is to is to take up space. You know. Absolutely. Is to be like unapologetically a part of that relationship. For sure. Um so that's probably what I do. I like to be like introduced to people who are hitting on my significant other. I mean, don't get me wrong, I just I wanna like say to two chill our letter writer, like this is very normal. These are normal feelings. Um I think if this was happening to me repeatedly, like if Willow and I were a decade younger and could actually have more than two drinks and we were like <laughs> going out to gay bars and like I think my wife is a babe and she's charismatic and social. So I know people would approach her. Um, I think that would be, that would, you know, tickle my insecurities. <laughs> you know, it would definitely be like, you like that? You like that phrase? Yeah, I like it a lot. Um It would definitely be, a, if it was a repeated thing, I would have to like apply some head and heart work to Mm -hmm. that, you know, to be like, my relationship is straight, is, is is not threatened. My partner is, you know, trustworthy, um, yada, yada,
1: yada. So absolutely. And I can say like, this may not be my experience, but I I think too chill that your experience is like very relatable and understandable, um, in a lot of different ways. And like, want to also like be super clear about the fact that the flirtations that Peter and I get are Inherently different because they, because we are, because Peter's a man and I am masculine presenting, right? So like the power differential is a, is different, right? The fact that you and your partner both identify as women, right? And are getting hit on by men, like makes things, there's like a whole added layer there too, right? Like about mm-hmm. the discomfort of of that experience and like the persistence of men and their, I, their idea around the ownership right. of people's things and the way that street men treat queer women right and and like the idea of like oh well have you had the dick yet right like that kind of stuff too is like super <laughs> weird and toxic so like i don't want to like I wanna pretend hear
0: your straight man voice more uh, it's like, oh, yeah. a i don't
1: know
0: uh <gasps> oh i want the tiger blood this is a throwback <laughs> <laughs> sam and i tried to do fucking vampire voices
1: it was really bad and they were so they bad. were so bad um, this
0: episode is chaotic
1: it's chaotic okay. it's been it's been a wild it. afternoon I
0: needed it <laughs> i needed this um um
1: no and just like I'll naming do, yeah. that and like and so i don't want it to sound like i'm like somehow more secure or enlightened like our situations are just very different as well
0: yeah um I also want to, like, say you work really hard to express all of your, like, understanding and compassion for your girlfriend, and and you tell us, ex- you know, explicitly that you appreciate X, Y, and Z about her. You understand why and how um, her actions are unfolding the way they are. You trust her. Rep- you know, you've told us that repeatedly. And, like, I just want to make a little space for the fact that I did not have the best read on the One of the last things you added to your letter about that, that she thinks that she would act differently if you seem to care more, you know, that that would like empower her to react different. Like, to me, it read as though she was looking, she wanted you to be jealous, which is a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, not that jealousy is an inherently negative thing, nor can it, I, I definitely know instances where jealousy can be a fun, playful thing, you know? Um, I mean that like very specifically and very lightly when people have secure and healthy relationships and they and they like to they like having their partner looked at by other people you know or or whatnot. But in this instance, I that that last little add-on that you shared about your girlfriend's reasoning for having a hard time rejecting people, like for me, she shouldn't need to have a reactionary response from you in order to feel empowered enough to reject total strangers. Like I would, something's, something's missing there for me because I feel like she would want to prioritize making you feel comfortable over making herself feel affirmed. I don't know necessarily if that's what's happening. Do you know what I mean? But like, um, I guess, Long story short, I think you just need to have a conversation with your girlfriend to say, like, um, I actually don't love it when you get hit on, and more importantly, because I cannot control strangers, I cannot control strangers coming up to you. The choices that these strangers make, I can't control that. I can ask you to have like a slightly different reaction. It would make me feel a lot more secure if you responded in this way, and. Like, there's got to be a little bit of, like, flexibility in given that because she, too, cannot control other people's actions. She can't control strangers. She can't stop them from approaching her. Um, but, like, what would make you feel better if she just said, this is, you know, it's nice meeting you. This is my girlfriend. Or um, I actually am going to go talk to my girlfriend now. Like, how, what would actually make you feel secure? Um, I also think that there's, like, an underlying pulse to this letter that Sam and I were talking before we pressed record about the fact that like, I think that these small instances of these people hitting on your girlfriend are triggering, not just because she is not responding the way you want to, or because they're not respecting your relationship, but because they're making you feel as though your inner beliefs about yourself are true like there's something mm. in this letter that's making me think that you don't deserve this relationship that and these people are all pointing it out um and yeah. so i guess we're just here to say like you you're worthy of this relationship you're worthy of this love and this trust and and this gorgeous partner
1: yeah i mean i think the thing that you talk about right like this idea of the people coming up to you over and over and saying like you're so lucky to have her which Right. Like, I don't know their motivations or like what why they're saying that. Like, but I also think it's like kind of a rude thing to say to someone, right? Because it's like, hey, you, you're a schlub. You're so lucky to get this person, right? Like that that's sort of what's implied by the thing that they're saying. And my question for you is like, is this reinforcing some sort of story that you're telling yourself about this relationship? About the fact that you don't deserve it, or about the fact that because she's more of a social butterfly that she is somehow like lowering herself to your level by dating you. And like Sierra said, like none of that is true, right? You know, this, you've talked about it. She's also lucky to be with you. And so I want you to, to, it's okay for you to be annoyed with the way that people are talking about your relationship. Like you, that doesn't make you a jealous monster. Like the things that, that, that sort of particular comment, is kind of a dick comment to make. Like, it's not a super uh, a super flattering comment to you, even if that's not how they intended it. So you have the right to be annoyed with them, and you have the right to be annoyed with the fact that people keep coming up to her and flirting with her, and you have the right to be annoyed with some of the ways that she is responding. That doesn't make you a bad person. And, like Sierra right. said, the thing is, is, like, what sort of work are you doing to help make sure that you are not putting the onus of this all on her or telling yourself a story about how you're somehow not good enough for this relationship. And so like Sierra said, I think that there's a, you can obviously have a conversation with her and say, I know that this isn't your fault. I know that you're not asking for it. I know that like, this isn't, this isn't like you inviting these people into our relationship. And it kind of makes me, upset because they say these things to me and like, it feels like a punch in the gut. So yeah, are there ways that I can help you when it comes to navigating this space? Like, what are some ways that we can figure out as a partnership, like how we're going to respond in this so that it's not like you're uncomfortable because you're afraid that I'm like feeling bad about this. And I'm uncomfortable because like, I don't know what's going on for you. And like, just having that conversation where you can put some of these cards out on the table and then decide what you want to do going forward? How do you want to disrupt this pattern of behavior that keeps coming up? And how do you want to respond with the reality of she's going to get continue to get hit on, you might also continue to get hit on. And like, what are the things, how do you handle that when it happens in a way that feels right. good and supportive and safe for both of you? Without saying she should be not inviting these people to hit on her, she should automatically be rejecting people. Like what's the what's the place where you can find some sort of good, happy place for you both to be, or at least a place where you're both like stretching, but still within your boundaries.
0: Yeah. And without you saying, I have to swallow all of this too. Right. You know, it's, it's not just like, um, what can, sh- you know, she's not responsible for this, you know, but, but sharing this load as a couple, I think all couples, all partnerships of all different walks of life can say, how do you want to handle it when the other person is hit on? You know, what is their strategy? What do you need from me in that moment? You know, and for like sure. in Sam's relationship, he's going to say, have fun, you know, have fun. Come back to me. Come home to me. And for me, I'm going to say, hand me the lighter fuel fluid. So I can. <laughs> <Just
1: kidding. laughs> no, 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 no. And. There are times too when, like, Peter or I need each other to get out of some sort of conversation that doesn't feel good for either of us, right? Like, and we use each other for that too, which is like, totally. That's another opportunity too. It sounds like maybe she is social, but there, it might not be that she likes having all of these conversations with strangers or getting hit on. And so, like, there is an opportunity too to say, like, okay, well, how can we work together when this happens to make both of us like do you like it like you could even ask that question
0: actually that's a great question too like do you like being hit on how does that make me feel how does that make you feel how does it make you feel that I don't respond in jealousy like I think that's probably something Mm -hmm. I would ask the girlfriend to check is like are you seeking jealousy as a way to be affirmed Um, why isn't the security of the relationship enough you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know this girlfriend they didn't write in I don't know what they're mind and dynamic is like, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but that's, I think when we talk about flirting, that's another thing that gets talked about is that like, if there's not a response to you being hit on, it means that the partner doesn't care, you know? So too chill, you can say just because I'm not reactionary doesn't mean I like this or just because I'm not reactionary, more importantly, doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I am not so glad you're with me. You mm-hmm. know, like I just because I'm laid back, uh, doesn't mean I'm not willing to fight for you or not. doesn't mean I'm so grateful. You know, there's a lot to unpack here. And so obviously Sam, and I think it's just about leaning into some of that vulnerability and having conversations with your partner about what is the plan? How is this going to go down in the future? So you can both feel a little bit more affirmed and more supported.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing.
1: We love you. We hope this helps.
0: love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag and I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it.
1: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up
0: all right head and heart workers you know i'm all about tackling our money shame
1: All right. Our next letter comes from Samantha Jones, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from inner turmoil. Salutations, Sam, Sierra, and Spencer. Love that alliteration. Can't go on without saying thank y'all for making my Mondays better and to providing comfort in times of vulnerability. I'll make this as short and sweet as I can. Unlike my tumultuous early 20s. I need advice or words of wisdom regarding letting letting go of my 26 heterosexual woman and my partner's 26 heterosexual man past. To put it bluntly, we were both sluts in our early adulthood. I say that with endearment. I suppose there were times I made questionable choices, but overall I look back and I had tons of fun. We met in college and we were casually hooking up back then, needless to say with multiple people. He eventually settled into his then three-year relationship with another woman, and I settled into a spiral of toxic men. Were they hot? Yes. It's called balance. Yada, yada, yada. We reconnected (laughs) years later, and we're happier than ever. We talk about our early 20s briefly and make jokes, but then I go to bed and I think about it, like really think about it. He had sex with a lot of women, and I can't be mad because I had sex with a lot of men. Do you have any advice for how to deal with this internalized, is it misogyny, sexism, slut-shaming, all of the above? I get jealous, but then I remind myself that I wasn't a saint either. LOL. Love y'all. All
0: All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this question. I think this is so fucking relatable, and so (laughs) so many people in the Just Breakup universe are going to be like, yeah, I also struggle with the history of my partner um and how to like rectify it in my day-to-day life, you know? Um have you felt that way in past relationships?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh I think that like I think especially when I was younger, like the question of like body yeah. count was something that we like asked body each other. Count,
0: what a fucking weird. Just like
1: such a strange thing that we <laughs> weird, that we did.
0: Violent <laughs> morbid thing that we assign to like sexual encounters.
1: Yes, absolutely. But, like what
0: What if you had sex with the same body a billion times?
1: Then I think it would just, just be one. one. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't yeah, that, matter that the how we
0: say fucked up n- incomplete pa- math. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> the patriarchy? Uh yeah, something like that. Something.
0: Yeah. Like- <laughs> no, I I find this deeply relatable um I have worked through a lot of feelings like that in my current relationship, in past relationships. And I think it was like, I think it was challenging because it was such internalized uh, misogyny and sexism and like anti-sex positivity. Mm -hmm. It was all internalized and like external me didn't act or believe these thoughts that I was having. And they really came from like the deepest, darkest subconscious parts of my mind that have had been really conditioned to think like that my partner's sexuality was somehow something to be. uh, Like pure, like this is such a mm. fucked up. Um, this is like when I was preparing for this letter, I I kept on going back to the idea that we're never going to meet anybody with a blank slate and that like, you can't not have a history. But Mm -hmm. then I like dug deeper into that. And it's, it's really about our cultural obsession with partner purity or firsts. Like, Oh my God, they were my first kiss or Mm -hmm. the first time, you know, to be uh, living together or the one that we also see play out in a lot of our letters, like, um, this person was divorced, so I don't want to date them because mm. somehow like getting married a second time, like Makes devalues it less special. a person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to dethrone, well, well to the letter writer, Samantha Jones, also excellent name choice, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a fucking plus, um, uh, to the letter writer, I want to say, been there, felt that in the trenches with you and also let's dethrone the idea of, of first of partner purity. Like that does not equate. um, Not only does it not equate like a good partner, but it's not in alignment with our values. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, also like a rowdy sex filled history isn't bad either. You know, we Mm -hmm. we really have to start sitting in with some of those discomforts and, 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 and not just saying like, oh, yeah, but I had sex with other people too. But being like, what would it mean for me to deconstruct this thought? Right. What would it feel like for me to deconstruct this thought so much so that I can no longer move forward with it in the same? I can't reconstruct it. I can't put it back together. The pieces are too confusing. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things in this letter that I would even want to be like, let's take a step back from that. Like, So that's a great example of like, you can't feel... You can't feel any type of way about it because you also had a lot of sex with a lot of men, which implies that, like, you're both so dirty that you, like, can't cast stones, right? Like, which, again, it's (laughs) like, you know, like, the the issue here is that, like, neither of you is dirty because of the number of people that you've had. Like, neither of—it's not that you don't have, like, grounds to stand on because you've somehow compromised them with your actions, right? Like, you— yes. You could be somebody who has not had sex ever and he or he could be somebody that has has never had sex ever and that would not make him entitled to criticize you for the number of sex partners that you've had, right? Yes. And then even the thing of like I have to remind myself that I wasn't a saint either. And I want to again say like the number of sexual partners that you have has nothing to do with whether or not you're a sinner or a saint. It has nothing yeah, to do with I whether or not you're wrote... good or bad. <laughs> Right. What is sainthood? Right. Doesn't mean you're clean <laughs> or dirty. It ain't this. <laughs> no, it, that's mm-hmm. not it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like. We, again, have this sort of like cultural understanding, particularly like in the United States around sexual purity and this like what even is that? Like what? It's just know. like it's made up. We we like decided it. And so like the question that I would ask you or like encourage you to ask yourself is. Where did I come up with this idea that having sex, multiple sex partners, was bad? Right? Like, who taught it to me? Like, where did it come from? Where did I think, or where did I learn that having multiple sex partners somehow made me dirty? Where did I learn that having some se- yeah. multiple sexual partners made me somehow less able to criticize other people or more, uh, or like less? pure enough to be able to like Mm -hmm. have an opinion about something. Right. And sort of go through those things and like ask yourself because they're, they're culturally based, right? Like we learned these things from somewhere and they're like so deeply ingrained within us that it can sometimes be a hard time to like come out of the, the like water of it. Right. Like we're swimming in this and like trying to get above it and see like, whoa, what is this can be really challenging. So I, I, all of this also to say you're not a bad person for all for f- having feelings about this either. <laughs> right. Like, oh like gosh, this is not so all. acculturated in us that like, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense to me that you're having feelings about the fact that your partner has had multiple sexual partners. Cause we've been yeah. told that we should have strong feelings about it. So yes, I don't want you to like beat yourself up and call yourself like, I don't know, some sort of like prude or something that you're like having a feeling about it. Cause it's, it's, it is really, really deeply in us. So, it's there. Right? So that feeling's going to come up. And the question isn't like, how do I get rid of this feeling? The question is like, "Oop, I'm noticing that this thing is coming up. It's familiar to me. I've seen it before. I know it's not serving me well. So what are the things that I have in place to say? Cool. I don't believe that. Or cool. That's not something that I want to do anymore. Or cool. I know that my partner is wonderful and loving. And the fact that he has had multiple sexual partners doesn't matter to me. Right. Like what are the things that you do when that comes up rather than saying, Ooh, tamp that down, tamp that down. That's a bad feeling to have.
0: Yeah, totally. And let me just paint you a little morbid picture. Like in my last relationship before my current spouse, I, it was exactly this situation. Um, my, boyfriend at the time was like a a a self-described slut endearingly as well and i can tell you for a fucking fact you know what comes of this literally nothing (laughs) like (laughs) i cannot change his past i could not alter his past and ultimately i just ended up projecting my insecurities that somehow like his past sexual behavior meant that i was not like as valuable to him as his, mm. you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've ended up projecting on him in a way that felt like really slut shamey when I finally called myself out on it. And he lovingly called me on on it. You know, it, I, I share that not to like totally embarrass myself, which I am. <laughs> I say all of this just to paint the picture of your options. Like you can struggle, you can resist this, resist this truth. And, and stay in the safe softness of that cultural conditioning, because we know it's easy. It's so easy to slut shame. It's so easy to, to, to uphold purity culture. It is easier that way and, or, and you can do that forever is what I'm trying to say. Our entire relationship, I did that. My entire relationship, I wished my boyfriend had a different past and isn't that fucked up of me. Like I should have just, if, if I felt that strongly about it, I should have left them. You know, if you, if you can't accept your partner's past and you still want them to somehow to be accountable to the past that you weren't a part of, you shouldn't be with that person. They're not for you, you know? Um, or you can try, like we said before, to deconstruct these thought patterns, to try to find a new route in your brain. I'm not painting this so black and white to shame you at all. This is me a hundred percent been there, done that. This is so normal. Um, but I, I share that just because like, it felt like a, a snake eating its tail. It felt like I could never be satiated and he could never change his past. Mm-hmm. So I never was satiated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead of just, I should have just been like, this is who you were. And I ideologically have no problem with, 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 sex i have no problem with multiple partners i have no problem with being a slut if that's what you want to be and calling yourself that affectionately like that is also me <laughs> you know like <laughs> i i have no problem with all of that i just like i was letting those weird like puritanical ideals in relationships really persecute this person who um don't get me wrong they did end up cheating on me so i feel like a little conflicted about this yeah but, for sure uh-huh. The point is made, right? Is that you can like let go of it or be dragged.
1: And that's easier said than done, right? The the letting go of this. But I think the, with consistent work, right? With, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast is forever work. It's not like, cool, we check the box and now we don't have like purity culture in our brains anymore. It's like, how are we continuing to to challenge that over and over and over again? Um, Because like Sierra said- holding on to this past that he's had that you cannot change and that he cannot change. And to be clear, like shouldn't, shouldn't and doesn't want to, and doesn't have to change. Right. Like, cause there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Then all we're going to do is just grind ourselves down over and over and over again. Right. And it is really easy to slut shame. It is really easy to be in purity culture. And it's also really harmful, not just to your boyfriend or to you like as individuals. Right. But also to like both of you as a couple. Right. To. Yes. Like both sides of it. Right. Like purity culture shames you for for having lots of sex. And then it also shames you into shaming the person you're with for having lots of sex. Right. And so like it's just it is easy to sit in these cultural waters and be like, yep, there's nothing else out here. But it is like breathing in toxins all the time. So the invitation is to try and find a way to get to the surface, and to continue doing that, and continuing doing that even as we're sort of in this water all the time. And it's really challenging to do it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and and we're in it with you. Like, absolutely. I ha- like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad Sam said he said what he said about like this is a lifelong thing because these are this is dismantling I've done in my current relationship. This is Mm -hmm. dismantling I've done about my own history and I have to repeatedly do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's, it's stuff that comes up with me when I meet people, right? Like it's like, yeah. Oh, I know that this person has had a lot of people. And then I'm like, where is this? Stop it. Like, what is this? I don't want this. This isn't helping me. What is it? (laughs) Right. Like, and it's like, yep. Okay. That's the lie. That's the lie. I've been told over and over again. Right. So It's, it's not just like one and done. It is definitely like an invitation for all of us to practice some of this, this recognition around there is a different way to be and a different way to, to treat people.
0: Yeah, totally. All right, my darling. Uh, we hope that this helps. Thank you so much for writing.
1: Absolutely. We love you.
0: All right, our final letter comes to us from Little Miss Big Feelings, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from the Pacific Northwest. My dearest Sierra and Sam, before we get into my story for context, I'm a 27-year-old cis heterosexual woman with an anxious attachment style. I'm dating a 29-year-old cis man with an avoidant attachment style. We'll call him Gabe. Gabe and I went on a hike together last week. The heat wave coupled with my heavy backpack, I asked Gabe if he could carry my hydro flask. He made a comment about how heavy it was. I told him how, given the weather, I thought it would be smart to have a cold water to have cold water with us, in addition to the other water we had. Later that evening, he told me that today's conversation hadn't been the first time where he feels like he offered an opinion immediately followed with a rebuttal from me. I listened and explained how I do value his opinion, and in hindsight, he was right. Choosing a lighter water bottle would have been helpful. I told him that I felt dumb for bringing our extra water in the heavy hydro flask. I, my response to him came out of feeling like I made a mistake and was being scolded by him when I was only just trying to be helpful. Through therapy, I learned that I have trouble separating the feelings of I did something bad with I am bad In the days since, I haven't been able to shake the sadness and disappointment that this behavior slash response from me, which from his perspective, has been a pattern in our relationship. I feel like between going to therapy, reading books, listening to JBU, and practicing better communication, I've come so far in my healing. It feels impossible not to internalize this instance as proof that despite my consistent efforts and intentions— I remain broken, unlovable, and unhealed, with the remnants of my childhood wounds being so front and center. My heart cries out, once someone sees this side of me, why would anyone want to date me? But there's also a voice inside my head trying to inject some logic into my big feelings, whispering, was his lecturing me on a Nalgene versus Hydroflask actually helpful in the moment? What is the difference between a rebuttal and a response? Is he expecting a partner who is always in agreement with him? In the days following, I have been mindful of my words, readily replying, I don't know, and I kind of feel like I'm walking on eggshells with him. Worried if I don't agree with him, it'll jumpstart this conversation all over again. My parents did not raise me to endure this type of dynamic to this extent. Ever since childhood, I've had a strong sense of self been an independent thinker who enjoys coming to my own conclusions. I know that this can be unhealthy if in excess, but I also really love these qualities about myself, especially as a woman in the patriarchal society. I'm honestly not just not sure how to navigate this. How do I honor my own thoughts, opinions, and experiences without coming off like a know-it-all? Is this dynamic I'm facing just a souvenir of my partner's internalized misogyny? If I am coming off as a know-it-all, how can I lay aside my ego more readily to, and accept other ideas and ways of doing things? Ugh! I promised I wouldn't be a long letter type of ga- girl, but here I am. <laughs> Thank you again for reading this. I trust you both with my story and my mess of these big feelings. All my love. Little Miss Big Feelings.
1: Mm. Well, thank you, Little Miss Big Feelings, for writing to us. Uh, I really appreciate this question because I think it's, um, it's an important thing for us to be talking about, right? I think a lot of folks are probably in situations where they're feeling like, am I overreacting? Am I not reacting enough? Like how much is appropriate? How much isn't? Did I do something wrong? Or am I being treated weirdly, right? Like I think... I think part of like being a person in a relationship, especially folks who are trying to do this type of head and heart work, is often a lot of feelings of uncertainty around, like, yeah, is this more work and growth that I need to be doing, or do I need to be standing up for myself more, or is the thing that I'm thinking actually helpful for me? Like, how do I sort of pull totally. apart all of these different circumstances and situations Um, so I appreciate that you're trying to do the work. Um, I appreciate that you're really thinking deeply about this. Um, and recognize that sometimes that thinking deeply can get us into places where we don't want to be right. Where we're like overthinking or we're like, ah, there's so many choices. What am I supposed to do here? Um, I will say from what I read from your letter and recognizing that, like I wasn't there, so I don't know, like the tone, tenor, emotion, body language, whatever it was that was happening in this conversation. But I don't think that you're necessarily in the wrong offering an explanation for why you did the thing that your partner is complaining about. And for me, that doesn't feel like a refutal or a rebuttal to the to the thing that he was saying, right? Like the, the, the hydro flask can be heavy still. And also you have an explanation for why you brought it, right? Like you weren't controverting the facts. You weren't like, hey, it's not heavy. What are you doing? Or like man up or like whatever, you know, like denying his own experience of it. And my concern is that like, if this man is reacting in this way to something that doesn't feel harmful to me, doesn't feel like a rebuttal at all. My concern is that like, how is he going to respond when you actually challenge him? Like, right. Like when you actually say like, no, I think that's wrong. Um, and it, it is concerning to me. Like it, I think that the dynamics that play out, you know, in patriarchal society is that men are fragile when it comes to being corrected and especially when it comes to being corrected by people who aren't men. Right. And so. Right. It's concerning to me that that like he's having this sort of reaction to this thing that feels to me like a perfectly normal and like fine thing to say back when somebody says this hydro flask is really heavy And it's concerning to me that you are now feeling like you have to make yourself small in this relationship, right? Like you're feeling like you have to walk on eggshells so that you don't refute him or you don't say, here's why I did this thing. Or you don't say, actually, I think we should put the thing here and not here because you're feeling like it's going to cause him to say, you're constantly challenging me. You're constantly telling me that I'm wrong. You're constantly refuting me.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. I This is one of those instances where because of personal circumstances, I interpreted this letter differently, but I co-sign everything Sam just said because it's all true. And and like you said, we don't know the dynamic of that interaction. Um, we don't know the tone in which things are said. We don't know what history this person is, he's responding to or whatever. Um, but I actually, so just to start, I want to say thank you for writing this like this nuanced letter about this water bottle argument (laughs) because I hope this makes you feel better, but because I feel deeply, deeply seen in this letter, I feel incredibly represented, especially over something that has been confusing me lately about myself. Um, I have been questioning my reaction to things, my, my ingrained reaction to Uh, when my partner asks me something or suggests something or, or has an opinion or whatever. Um, obviously like we have like a five month old baby at home. So we (laughs) have to do a ton of negotiating, you know, Uh um, when she going to get the nap, are you going to feed her? So like, we're doing more negotiating than ever, but I have found myself and maybe this is why it's being like apparent to me, but I found myself feeling and this is a historical thing not just now but like i relate to the letter writer because in my instance if i was in this in her shoes on this hike and my boyfriend made that comment i would then i would feel almost like a defensiveness That was like, of course, I brought this hydro flask because I wanted to have cold water and I would come off with that energy. But underneath Mm -hmm. that energy would be this fear that this comment from him that could have been innocent, it could have been nagging. It could have been an asshole comment, like you said, like, um, but whatever this comment from him, it meant that I wasn't prepared or good enough or whatever, you know, like. I feel like I have noticed within me a, a, it's not even a defensiveness. It's just the way I re, re I've been reacting to comments as though they have deeper meaning than they do. Mm-hmm. Like they, like, the like the letter writer said, I did something bad versus I am bad. I would interpret that as, oh man, instead of <laughs> silly me, I brought a heavy water bottle on a hike. Like what an inconsequential thing I would interpret it as my partner is annoyed with me. I made a mistake. I'm stupid. Mm. And they're, they're bringing it up by talking about this choice I made. So I either need to double down and like defend this decision or, or it it proves that I am the unworthy partner that I am afraid that they will see. Does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm. Like, absolutely.
0: I actually really appreciate this letter because it's so tricky to talk about this. And we're talking about like a pattern in me that I'm, that is so young. Excuse me. It's like the oldest. It's so old. It's like the oldest pattern in me that I'm sure people relate to. This idea of like you either need to. It's a reactionary pattern of like uh, I, I can't let you see that I'm um, that I'm flawed, so mm. I'm gonna challenge your opinion, even though there's a possibility that their opinion was also innocent. Like oh man, this water bottle's heavy. Uh, I, well, of course it's heavy. I wanted us to have water. You know, like that sort of energy. Again, we sure. don't know the dynamic. of this conversation we don't know the tone we don't know whatever but that's what it made me think of because that's what I I'm unpacking in my own relationship um, and in my own conversation style and so letter writer if you don't relate to any of that like so sorry
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that she does I think she does
0: (laughs) yeah okay um and so I also want to say, like, sorry, because I don't have all the answers. I honestly chose this letter to hear what the fuck Sam would say. (laughs) Um, But maybe I'll start by saying, like, the work that I'm doing now so that I can take things. All the all language fails me, but the closest thing I can come to how it feels is I want to take things less personally. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that I need to make myself smaller. I don't mean that I can't have an opinion about things. It doesn't mean that my partner can't fuck up and, and come at me with a tone that I have a right to respond to, you know? Um, It just, I think that there's a, there's like a troll inside me that's trying to protect me by making everything an offense to me. And then, and then it makes my partner or my loved ones have to prove something to me. Obviously y'all, I just started seeing a new therapist. <laughs> like this stuff is like not really eloquent and also deeply personal. So please hold me in some grace for that. I love it. But I'm trying to work on being okay with how I feel. Man, I brought a heavy, I brought a heavy water bottle. Yep sorry, I feel kind of guilty about that. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person for thinking the water bottle is heavy. It doesn't even make you a bad person for being annoyed that I brought a heavy water bottle, but I'm not going to make a thing out of it. Do you know what I mean? Unless again, like going back to what Sam said, if this guy's an asshole, this guy's an asshole. We trust that inner intuition, but like I'm trying to not create a narrative about myself over things that aren't about who I am at my core. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of that makes sense.
1: I don't (laughs) make total sense.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I I know that you letter writer are struggling with this because you're like, well, this is about me. He says it's a repeated pattern, yada yada. And I want to say patterns are okay, even even unhealthy patterns. We all have patterns. Mm-hmm. We we just talked about cultural conditioning. We have cultural conditioning. We have family conditioning. We have social mm-hmm. conditioning. We have class conditioning. Like we are all conditioned, and p- we we learn how to behave through mimicry and patterns. And we can disrupt patterns, right? Mm -hmm. We can disrupt them by starting a podcast and spilling all your (laughs) secrets really uncomfortably and ineloquently. Is that what's (laughs)
1: happening? Is that why we started this Mm -hmm. podcast? Yep. Four years later, are we further along in the journey or about mm -hmm. the same?
0: No, no, no. I was (laughs) playing the long game. Um, But I, I just want you to forgive yourself by like, even if he sees this as a pattern in you, that's okay. Patterns are okay. Like everything we do is a pattern. We brush our teeth. That's a pattern. Like we laugh at jokes that we think are funny. That's a mm-hmm. pattern. Um, we respond. We sometimes respond in a way that we don't always like identify with. That's a pattern. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't
1: know. No, I think that I'm really struck by the idea that the head and heart work that we do can sometimes be really disorienting. Right. Cause we're sort of like pulling away the foundation that we've been standing on for a very long time. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know when to stop. It's hard to know when to build. It's hard to know that the foundation is there because like we've through processes of doing this, like internal work, we're sort of taking away things that have provided us a narrative and understanding of the world. Right. To say like, and I, I've been thinking about this Um, or what's sort of coming to mind for me is that like I've been doing a lot of work around trauma. And like one of the things that I keep telling my therapist as we're doing this is like, I'm feeling so defensive to you right now because it feels like you're taking away my security blanket, right? This is the thing that I believed that I was like, this is going to keep me safe. This is the thing that's going to make sense of the world. And you're telling me I have to let go of it and, and do something different. And that's really fucking freaky. And so I'm thinking about this and like, What are the things, one of the things that we can add to our head and heart work is also about building up our capacity to trust ourselves more, to trust our own experiences, to trust our ability to do things, to trust that we have gotten to a point where we know what we're doing and we can do something different, right? So like part of it is, is saying like, I trust that in this response in this response that I had, I trust that I can recognize that it wasn't a good response, right? Like I trust that I can, I said that thing to Peter that was off the cuff, that hurt his feelings. I can trust that I can see it and say, that was the wrong thing to say and I'm sorry that I said it, right? Like I can trust to say, I know where that came from and it wasn't it wasn't about you, it was about something else and I'm sorry. And I can also trust myself to say, what you're doing right now isn't okay. And I'm responding poorly to it, but that's because the thing that you're doing isn't okay. And like, part of it is like, how do we solidify that foundation again for ourselves so that we can begin to trust our ability to parse through some of this stuff, right? Like to, instead of saying like, all I have to do is keep tearing out the foundation, tearing out the foundation, making myself as unsure as possible. Instead saying, I've reached a point where I can build some surety back in. I've reached a point where I can say, I can trust myself again with this new understanding of the world that will constantly be shifting and adapting and changing as time goes on. But I'm ready to try some things. I'm ready to say, I know this to be true and I'm gonna continue to commit to that truth because I've done the work to find this truth that feels good and right for me. And I think- That's a really challenging thing to do, but I'm really struck by like at least this conversation and this letter and my own experiences too of yeah. like part of it is like reading this letter. I'm like, if somebody lectured me about an Nalgene and a, and a hydroflask, flask, I would be like, we don't need to do this. Right. Like I would be like, so assured in myself of like, what a stupid yeah, thing to say to me. No. I brought it. Like, why are you criticizing me? Right. Like that is not how I would respond, but like, that would be the thing that I would tell myself. And it's just interesting to, to say, like, and I also deeply relate to this idea of like, how do I even know if this is the right thing to do, or if I'm overreacting and like all of that. Cause it in this instance, there's clarity for me. In so many other instances, there is not clarity for me. So like,
0: As you were talking, I thought about like another reason why I feel so drawn to this letter. Like as I'm doing this head and heart work internally in my own life, in my own relationship, I just want to like echo the letter writer's sentiments of like, is it a rebuttal or is it just a conversation? Because Mm -hmm. I like the security that you present when you, Sam, say, I just brought the heavy water bottle. It's like, "Duh." duh, like duh, that is how I should respond. And that's probably how I think I respond and how I do respond sometimes. So it's like, there's lots of things going on here because your boyfriend might just be an extra sensitive person who feels what I just described, which is that every commentary is a criticism. Like your boyfriend could probably listen to this letter and get something from it. Right. Maybe you don't relate to it all, but he does. Right. And so when you say, well, of course I brought this water bottle is heavy. He feels like I brought it for these reasons. Duh. Like, you know, like, he feels like that is you shooting down his commentary, his opinion. I don't know. Like, man, we're just so fucking complicated. It's, <laughs> it's, it is a miracle that any of us get along ever.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: That's not true. That's not true. We are beautiful and capable and, and built for connection. And also, this is just like such a great example of like the head and heart work matrix side of things, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm, and I, and I'm working on what Sam called you to work, you know, like to look into, which is like, how do I trust myself? When am I having a reactionary response? Like when am I, when, when is that troll coming up and saying like, oh, nope, you have to be defensive. Nope. You have to protect yourself. Nope. You have to make them prove something to you. Or when am I coming from a space of security and stability, a place that I'm actually not that used to, you know, for sure. and just providing commentary. Like it is, there's so much going on in this letter because you, like you said yourself, you're used to internalizing things. You're used to saying, oh, oh no, no, I'm so sorry. I'm a bad person. It's not that I just made a comment, you know? So like, Mm. there's so much going on in this letter. uh, And I feel like really deeply honored to talk about this water bottle, <laughs> <laughs> even though like we're all over the place. It's just, I hope you at least feel seen.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, like, Oh God, Sierra's drinking from a Nalgene y'all. She's team Nalgene over here. Nalgene right now.
0: <laughs> team Nalgene. <laughs> I thought of it as I was drinking and I was like, Oh God, he's going to say something. He always outs me when I'm eating or drinking on the show.
1: Um, yeah, no, and I, I. there's also, like, a space here to say, like, there's a difference between a defensive response and an emotional response, too, right? Like, the, and, like, you can have an emotional response to something without being defensive, and it's, there's just, like, a lot in here. Like, so I guess, I guess, Sierra, and I feel you to be in the space with you of, like, I don't know, like, it's all complicated. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think, how about this? As long as you're doing the work to heal those wounds, to combat those narratives about yourself and to and to empower yourself to to not be small, to show up. You know, we you're doing the best that you can. Like mm-hmm. we all are we all are trying. We all are going to misspeak. We're all going to be working on ourselves at all times like You're not a bad person for saying whatever you said on that hike. Your boyfriend's not a bad person either. You're just coming at this from two totally different lenses, two totally different communication styles, two totally different lived experiences, and something isn't lining up. Does that mean that you're bad? Does that mean that you are not meant for each other? Is this a hurdle that you can't cross? No. Start unpacking some of those narratives about yourself But also give yourself some grace, like lean into that inner intuition. Like if you're swallowing yourself, if you're making yourself small, then, then something's not right here. It might not be him, but it, but it could be, you know, I don't Mm know.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Ending this nice little rant with, I don't know. (laughs) And I think one of the things that we can also do is just accept that there are multiple truths that are happening at the same time, right? Like it is very possible that the thing that he said to you was dumb and unhelpful and you responded poorly to it, right? Like both of yes. those, it doesn't need to be an either or. And you can say like, yep, I responded poorly to that. Here's where it's coming from. I know that that's the thing that's coming up in me. And here's how I'm gonna try differently next time or here's something yep. that I'm gonna try out. And also it was not a helpful comment for, you to, to, for him to do this thing or for him to, yeah. to say this. Or, and it was a veiled criticism that I picked up on, right? Like those, those two things can be true at the same time. And so part of it also is accepting that like, A, we're never going to know. We're never going to have like perfectly clear cut answers to these questions. And two, that we have to learn to accept that all of these things might be happening at the same time. And our job is not to sort of put them into perfect compartments, but to live in the reality of the fact that everything is really complicated and that there's lots of different interpretations, iterations, and things that we can be doing to help us figure out how to navigate all of this complexity. And perfection is not the goal. The goal is to continue to try.
0: Yes, absolutely. We're in it with you. Thank you so much (laughs) for writing.
1: Clearly we're in it with you. We love you so (laughs) much. Yeah, we're
0: in it equally confused we hope that this Um, helps okay (laughs) we love you so much all right this brings us to the blind date segment of the show every episode we want to shout out something that we love that we want to set you up with and this week we are sending you home with
1: an app called music league uh which is this cool app where you um you get together with a bunch of your friends. You don't have to be in person, but you all agree to like be part of this league. And then every week they offer you a prompt and then you pick a song based on that prompt. And then everyone gets a playlist of that song and everyone gets to listen to it for a couple of days. And then people vote about which song is their favorite. So funny. Yeah. I'm doing this with a bunch of my friends. Um, Some of the prompts have been like uh, title tracks. So like pick a, a, song that is also the title of the album that it's on, um, like, sorry officer, which is like songs that make you drive fast. And then it's fun because everyone submits it. So there's like, there's an eclectic, like taste in music. And then you also get to like click on the playlist and like listen to the playlist for a couple Cute. of days. So you get to listen to potentially new music or listen to a really great playlist with songs that have been populated by your friends. Um, There are also like leagues that you can join that are bigger than just like your friends. So they have like a menu of different ones that are open at any given point. Um, But we've been having a lot of friends uh, are a lot of fun doing this with our friends. Um, And, it's funny cuz like our friend Mike keeps like guessing who submitted what song and he's like right like 97% of the time. Aww. So it's like we're apparently yeah. very predictable in our song choices. <laughs> uh but it's been it's been great and like a fun thing for all of us to do and kind of like low low entry too, right? Like you just pick a song and then you get to listen to music and then you get to have this sort of interaction with your friends. So Again, it's called Music League. Uh, it's available, I think, wherever you get your apps.
0: Awesome. All
1: right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JustBreakupPod.
0: You can... Sl-
1: yeah, that's the end of that sentence, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounded weird. <laughs> <Okay.
1: didn't> it? <laughs> well, I like did not up because I was like, and then there's more, but it, there isn't. <laughs>
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you could submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can get our merchandise and tickets to our upcoming live show. And you can get those tickets in person or virtually thanks to momentjustbreakuppod.com.
1: Please remember to follow, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. If and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as a ton of other perks at different levels. That's patreon.com/justbreakuppod. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Just Breakup is a production of Duvid Media. Original music requ- Original music, recording and editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his music and his most recent podcast, Finding Quantum Quest. And remember, perfection is literally impossible. It is hurtful to ask yourself to be perfect. Responding right all the time is impossible. This is an unattainable goal. Stop committing this form of harm on yourself. You are allowed to be imperfect. You are allowed to ebb and flow. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.